Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. I hope you had a fabulous weekend as we get it rolling right here on Listen Up. Hope you had a chance to join Sean Salisbury and yours truly, along with Ryan in Sacramento. We talked a little uh, Kings and NBA, but uh, great to go over the NFL and college schedule with Sean Salisbury. But now it is your turn. You know the routine. You hit your hand icon, you raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Obviously, yesterday was marred by a horrible, horrible horrible roughing the passer call in the Atlanta New Orleans or Atlanta uh, Tampa game uh, that cost the Falcons to win you had uh, the Teddy Bridgewater fiasco uh, at MetLife uh, with the Dolphins and the Jets you have a New York Giants team that is four and one that doesn't have a lot of talent on the field two of their wins are against the number one seeds from a year ago both on the road you have a Dallas team without Dak Prescott that's won four games in a row, including yesterday's demolition of the Rams, where defensively they just come at you in waves. You have the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo and that defense going into Carolina. It was men against boys. I made this statement a couple of weeks ago, and nothing has changed. The Niners are the best team in the NFC West, and they will win that division. Uh, tonight, you've got Kansas City hosting the Raiders. That should be a fun game to watch. We have the Buffalo Bills that caught fire, and it was just up and down the field at will. Uh, the Bikes needed a late run to beat the Chicago Bears. You had Baltimore did not squander the game at home, a game-winning kick to beat the Bengals. Those are some of the highlights. Philadelphia, close game, but they went on the road to go 5-0 and at Arizona. And a lot of other games going on. Brandon Staley, I don't know what the hell he's thinking about. Ball on your own 46, a minute 14 left, up by two. And, you know, again, it's fourth and a long yard, short two, and you go for it, and you don't make it. I mean, on your own 46-yard line with a two-point lead, I mean, that's just stupidity. I mean, it really is. Absolute uh, stupidity. So, there you have it. We got the Kings last night, preseason, no contest against the Blazers. Keegan Murray continues to look like the real deal. And again, it's only preseason, but the Kings look like they have significantly added to their roster. Uh, the problem is, who are they going to finish ahead of in the West? But that's why you play the games. But uh, a good performance last night for the Kings uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. So we can talk about that, plus your phone calls. If you want to talk about tonight's game with the Raiders and the Chiefs, we got Major League Baseball as well with uh, the Divisional Series beginning. You have a Seattle team that's feeling really good about themselves, but be careful what you wish for because now you're going on 
into Houston uh, to take on the Astros. You got Philadelphia at Atlanta and San Diego at the Dodgers in the National League. And, of course, I just mentioned Seattle at Houston and Cleveland uh, is at the Yankees. All right, so there you have it, your Major League Baseball schedule as the uh, divisional round uh, gets underway. Uh, The marquee games, as you would imagine, when I mean marquee, your primetime games involve uh, the Yankees uh, and the Dodgers, the day games in Atlanta and in Houston. So if you want to talk some baseball, we can do that as well. We got everything going on, uh, but I want to hear from you. Uh, Again, the Raiders and the Chiefs coming up for you tonight. That should be a fun game. I think it's going to be within a touchdown. I think both these teams, there's really no surprises. They both know each other. Obviously, the Chiefs are playing at a much better level uh, than the Raiders. But, you know, there's something about desperate teams. And the Raiders are a desperate team tonight. They're a desperate team. There's just no other way to say it. All right? They are a desperate team. They have to figure out a way uh, to win this game somehow, uh, some way. All right. So, again, I want to hear from you. We can uh, get right into it. Also, college football, Alabama got a real scare without Bryce Young on the field. They turned the ball over four times. A&M had a chance on the last play of the game. That sets up this week's showdown in Knoxville with the Tennessee Volunteers, who are off to a great start, taking on Alabama. That is going to be one hell of a college football game. All right, let's get it rolling right here. And why don't we start off the show with uh, Jeff? Jeff, good afternoon. How are you today? Oh, pretty good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Are you excited about your New York teams? Uh, a little bit. Not, I don't go overboard in October in the National Football League. If you're not relevant when Thanksgiving comes, then to me, it's uh, not a good season. And Thanksgiving is still a ways away. To me, that's the magical date in National Football League. You have to be relevant. Uh, when you get to Thanksgiving. So there's a lot of games between now and then. I like what I'm seeing. There's not a lot of talent on uh, the Giants roster, uh, but it just goes to show you what coaching can do. And I think the Yankees are going to have a tough time beating the Cleveland Guardians. So, you know, we'll see. I'm tempered by it. That's for sure. Well, I I think your six-win prediction's in jeopardy, though. With what? The Giants. You said they wouldn't win six games. Well, they may not. Uh, you know, again, there's a long way to go. I think they should win six games now, but I still don't think they're very good. I really don't. Um, I I don't think they're very good. I know. I just I enjoyed watching them. They didn't give up. They were down. No. Even Daniel Jones was bleeding. He looks like a different player. Uh, Barkley's renewed, uh, and that coach yep. is. He seems on fire. So uh, you know, it's good to see him. You know, and hopefully they give the Cowboys a run for their money. Here's the games that they should win, all right? And again, I'm, I hate doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. They should win at home against Houston. They should win against Detroit. So that would give them six wins. They should at the very least split with Washington. That would be seven wins. Uh, they should beat the Colts at home. That would be eight wins. All the other games, I'm not so sure about. I don't think they're going to beat Baltimore this week. They have to go to Jacksonville. Then they go to Seattle on a long trip. Uh, those are games that I'm not so sure about. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Long way to go. Long way to go. That, that coach can he could definitely be coach of the year if they can get up. Brian Table. If, he, yep. can get eight or, if yep. he can get to eight wins, nine wins, he might do it. 
Yeah, generally they don't give coaches of the year out unless you make the playoffs. You got to make the playoffs yeah. to be coach of the year. If the Giants, if the Giants make the playoffs, he will absolutely be coach of the year, no doubt about it. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Raiders and then that pathetic call that Brady, like a little baby, he was kicking up his leg, like he got, uh, he sold that. He sold that, you know, he's a whiner. He when he, you know, he. No, he's not a whiner. No, 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 no. No, I disagree with you completely. He's a competitor, and he's trying to do everything in his power to win the football game. That's what you want. I, 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 I disagree with you. I let let's let's not take the referee off the hook here, Jeff. I mean, Bogers made a horrible, horrible call. Whether Tom Brady sold it or not, that's an absolutely horrible job by a veteran referee. And that's a veteran referee who's worked in the Super Bowl before. That's one of the worst calls you can ever see. I mean, in your in your thirty something years of calling games, I mean, isn't it sickening when a referee can cost a, a ball game? Or I mean, could, I mean, we don't know if it did. Yeah, like you've seen foul calls or last set, you know, last minute call that you know could have just let them play on or whatever. And it's just when the referee. Hey Jeff, I announced Game Six of the two thousand and two Western Conference Finals. I've seen it all. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm telling you. So the other thing that the Raiders. No chemistry yet with Waller and Adams. With Car- uh, Waller's having, a, I mean, compared to the last two couple of years, he's done nothing. And uh, Adams yep. and Carr, just they're no no near what Rogers and Carr chemistry yet. Not yet. Uh, I would expect Waller's got it. Waller has to be involved in this game plan tonight. He just has to. I mean, I think when the Raiders are playing their best football, Waller is a big part of what they do. Whether you have Devontae Adams or not, that has to happen from the Raiders' perspective. If they're going to turn their season around, Darren Waller has to get more involved. Carr has to get him more involved. Yeah. You're absolutely right. He's got to have at least five catches, 75 yards, and yep. hopefully yep. Yeah, for them to win tonight, Adams has got to score. Maybe Waller's got – and Jacobs has got to get – and then some unknown, you know, Carlson – has to do what he does, maybe three field goals. But uh, their def- the only good guy in their defense is Crosby. Other than that, the defense is scary. No question. Well, that's why they only have one win. I mean, you're pointing out all the reasons why they only have one win. There's a reason why they only have one right. win, and you just hit on uh, many of them. So we'll see. You know, one thing again about, about divisional games, divisional games normally are close. They're normally close, and the Raiders – have I mean, I know it's a cliche, but they truly do have their backs against the wall tonight. They absolutely, absolutely have to figure out a way to win this game tonight. One last one last thing, Grant, not take up too much time. If Jimmy G wins the West and goes to the NFC title game, not the Super, just the title game, won't that be embarrassing to the 49ers for what they paid for Lance and what they thought? And what? Yes. You think so? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I absolutely do. All right. Hey, you have a good one, Grant. Jeff, you do the same. Good hearing from you, buddy. Take care now. All right. If you want to get in on the program today, all you got to do is hit your hand icon and we'll put you right on like Connor. Connor, good to hear from you today. How are you? Doing great. How are you, Grant? I'm good, Connor. Thank you very much, buddy. Fired up. The Giants defeated the Packers in London. It was great. 6.30 a.m. Nothing better to wake up for an early morning football game and surprise everyone. 
How about that second half, huh? That was an incredible second half. I didn't think the Giants could play like that. I got to be honest with you. That second half was absolutely unfreaking believable. I mean, you got to put almost all the credit to the coaching. I mean, we got practice squad players lining up at right wide receiver. How about that play call from Mike Kafka to run like a reverse end around for a touchdown? I have some very close friends that are within the New York Giants organization. And they say it's all about coaching, that the difference in that locker room and in the building is absolutely night and day, okay, from what they experienced with Joe Judge and before that, that this is such a good fit for this team. They're saying it's just amazing the confidence that the players have, and it starts with the coaching staff. Yeah, after the game, Dable and Joe Shane, like, they were super happy and they hugged and stuff. I mean, you can tell how much it means to them. They're changing the culture in New York, for sure. They are. And uh, I think the same thing may be going on in the same building with the Jets. So, you know, they're they're really playing very well, too. So give them some credit uh, as well. But the Giants, absolutely no question about that. They are completely turning around uh, their franchise. And it starts with the head coach, Brian Dable. Yeah, looking at some of the players, I think that Thibodeau played much better. He got more pressure. And how about those tipped passes on back-to-back downs? That was impressive. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm not, I went back and watched the game again. And to me, Thibodeau still is disappointing. I don't see him making plays uh, the way I expect a fifth overall player in the draft to play. So I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm not going there. I need more out of him. I need to see him make more plays. I do think Evan Neal's getting better, you know, at right tackle. I think his run blocking is pretty good right now. I still think his pass blocking has got a ways to go, but it is getting a little bit better, but it has to get a lot better. That's another issue that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, one thing I was surprised about was how about Darius Slayton stepping up and having a game yep. for one? Carl Banks, the radio announcer for the Giants, uh, the analyst, the former New York Giant, called that. Uh, he thought Slayton was in a great frame of mind and would have a very good game. And boy, did he ever. Absolutely. I'm glad to see it, too, because can you imagine if Slayton wasn't on the field? I mean, seriously. I mean, again, Kadarius Tony, I don't count on. I, I've heard from everyone the guy is just an absolute head case. And it's such a shame because he's so talented, but he's a head case. Galladay is just an absolute waste. I mean, he's got to be the most overpaid wide receiver in football. And you have guys that you've never heard of before. Now, we've heard of Slayton, but all the other guys we've never heard of before. And they're stepping on the field and they're making big plays. That's That that really shows me something. Yeah, you have to give some of the credit to Daniel Jones. I mean, this is the year that he was supposed to be tested. Yep. They're going to decide on his future. He has no options, people you've never heard of. And he's playing so tough. I mean, he's got bloody hands, an ankle that we were unsure of. And he just keeps making big plays and keeps the team in the games. And they keep winning. So can't be mad about anything with Daniel Jones. No question. No question about it. Uh, I think Daniel Jones has uh, been a real bright spot. And I would use the word leader. You know, we talk about leadership. Uh, Boy, his leadership has been pretty amazing. It really has. Yeah, in the post-game interview with Saquon, that's basically what he said, that they look up to him as their leader. 
because he's tough and he's yep. leading by example now. And the only other thing with him this year is how about the turnovers? I mean, I remember the last few years, every game it would be a fumble loss and a couple of picks. And he's turned the ball over, what, like once in the last four games? It's impressive. How about that, huh? Yeah, it is impressive. So, uh, you know, the schedule is going to get, uh, you know, more challenging as we get going here. And again, you got the big trip. You got the highlight of or the high of coming off that game. Let's see how they respond now. Short week, long travel, coming home to take on Baltimore. And, you know, the Ravens are inconsistent. They're up and down. So let's see. But we know Lamar Jackson can give defenses absolute fits. That's the one thing we know. Yeah, and then one more thing, moving towards the Yankees. Hopefully they can ride with the Giants' momentum tomorrow. But did you hear about Aroldis Chapman and what happened with him yesterday? Yes. You know what? Better. The Yankees are better without him right now. So I, I can't believe that he would miss a workout, get ready for the playoffs, and they left him off the playoff roster. Is that unbelievable or what? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it sounds like the consensus is most of the fans are happy, so we don't have to see him give up another walk-off home run in the playoffs. Incredible. But- Crazy. I'm crazy. Amazing. All right. Well, listen, uh, who are you who are you taking tonight? Raiders or Chiefs? Oh, I got the Raiders or the I have the Chiefs as my pick. So I don't know. It'll be tough. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks, Connor. Take care, buddy. You too. You know, again, the Packers, they just look, as Jerry would say, discombobulated. Um, speaking of Jerry, he will be joining me on my Live YouTube show coming up on Wednesday, 3 o'clock Pacific. Real quickly, that has been a real fun show to do. I started doing it last Monday. And I want to thank all of the people out there that have supported me. And I've watched that show, uh, not only live, but when I put it on the platforms, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. um, I'm really, really happy about the prospects for that show. So thanks very much. Really appreciate your support. And if you missed today's show, just go to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier on YouTube, uh, and you can check it out. All right. Again, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will put you right on. Again, tonight, you got the Raiders. You've got the Chiefs. Little Monday Night Football with a, a big game. Isn't it interesting how everyone thought the AFC West was, you know, the best division of football by far? AFC West this, AFC West that, and that the NFC East was the worst division in football or one of the worst divisions in football along with the AFC South. And again, it's only five games, but look at the NFC East. Philadelphia is 5-0, Dallas is 4-1, the Giants are 4-1. Then, of course, you got Washington, that's 1-4, and four, all right? How about that for you? Now, Tampa is 3-2, and two, but they're not an impressive 3-2. and two. Uh, All the other teams in that division have losing records. San Francisco is the only team in the NFC West with a winning record at three and two. All right. Minnesota, four and one, Green Bay, three and two. But Minnesota not only is ahead of Green Bay by a game, but they beat Green Bay already. All right. AFC West, you've got Kansas City right now, three and one. The Chargers are three and two. Tennessee, the only team above 500 in the AFC South at three and two. AFC North, the only team above 500. Baltimore, three and two. And in the East, Buffalo is four and one. And both the Jets and the Dolphins are three and two. All right. And again, we wrap up week five tonight with the Raiders in Kansas City. I can't wait to watch that game. Weather, by the way, looks great uh, for that game. Really looks good. All right. Now, if you want to peek ahead, 
to the games coming up starting on Thursday. How about this doozy of a game? You got Washington at Chicago. That's your Thursday night game. Niners who are spending the week in Greenbrier, Greenbrier, they're spending the week on the East Coast after beating Carolina. They're in Atlanta. You got the uh, Patriots and the Browns in Cleveland. Jets are in Green Bay. Jacksonville travels to Indy. Miami hosts Minnesota. Cincinnati is at New Orleans. Ravens are in New York to take the Giants. Bucks travel to Pittsburgh. Rams host Carolina. Arizona is at Seattle. Buffalo is at Kansas City. Does Buffalo ever get a chance to play Kansas City at home, or is that against NFL league rules? Seriously. Is Buffalo allowed to play Kansas City in the, the state of New York, or is that against the NFL rules? Seriously. Seems like Buffalo is always at Kansas City. At your Sunday night game, this is going to be a hell of a game. Dallas is at Philadelphia. That's your Sunday night game. And your Monday night matchup, AFC West Denver, is at the Chargers. All right, let's get to uh, Jerry right here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry, welcome to the show on this Monday. How I'm are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Grant. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Grant, I want to sure. ask you, uh, do you think the injury for uh, the 49ers, Mosley, um, how do you think that's going to impact San Francisco? It, it impacts him. Uh, the guy was a very good player. Definitely impacts him. So, you know, I think anytime you lose starters and you lose players that are valuable to what you're doing, uh, it impacts you. And that's why in the NFL, depth is so important because you're going to have a number of players during the year that go down. I mean, that's just the way it is. You are going to have a number of players that you lose during the year and you hope that they're not your skilled players. You hope that they're not, you know, really the biggest of the biggest. But, uh, yeah, it is an issue. No question about it. Absolutely. No question about it at all. Right. I mean, he's got an ACL. Right. He's got an ACL. I mean, so we know for a fact he's out for the year. Right. And Grant, uh, is there any more update about Nick Bosa? Is um, is he still um, um, somewhat hurt? Um, I heard something like that today, but I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yes, uh, he is hurt. Yep. Um, so he had a groin strain during the game yesterday. I don't have a further update on that, but uh, he did suffer a groin strain in the game. Would you sit him out this week or would, I would. you play him? Okay. I wouldn't play him. Okay. Nope. I would not play him. I would sit him out. And Grant also heard something too about Brady. He was saying that um, that he does not throw the flags. He doesn't. That's exactly right. It's not um, good. Good job on your part for mentioning that. You know, Jerome Bogers is the one that made the call, not Tom Brady. That's on. That's on uh, the referee, Jerome Bogers. That's not on Tom Brady. You're absolutely one hundred percent correct. Yeah, but Grant, uh, uh, with Tom, uh, isn't he the one uh, that you know the referees? try to protect uh just you know because he's the quote-unquote golden boy of the nfl i mean how how do you think that that impacts that it does impact it and it's wrong and bogers now has cost himself a chance this year in my opinion of being a referee in the playoffs because of that bad call you know they work on a merit system and he's been a referee in the super bowl before and i think he just lost his shot of going uh, to the big show again this year or in the championship games you can't make a call that bad regardless of whether it's Tom Brady or it's, uh, you know, Zappi, the quarterback of New England, you uh, you can't make a call that bad. You just can't. He impacted the outcome of the game because of his uh, bad officiating. You can't have that. 
do you think it would have happened if it was the other way around? I, you know, I'm not going to speculate what may have or may not have happened. I only know what did happen, and what happened was an egregious, horrible call that in all likelihood cost the Atlanta Falcons a game. And if it weren't for that call, the Falcons would be in first place today. So, you know, I'd hate being a Falcons fan today thinking that I lost a game on the worst call that we've seen this year. <laughs> and Grant, one more thing, sir. Um, you know what? Um, I was listening, or listening, I was watching your uh show uh on the youtube yeah. and i said that uh um i haven't been drinking but i think the kings are, are gonna win 40 plus games and you know grant i know it's only been a couple preseason games but you know what i just you know what i just feel something that you know this year is going to be different yeah i don't think they're gonna win 40 plus games but again that's why you play the schedule no one thought the giants would be four and one right now i sure as hell didn't think the giants would be four and one so you know, again, go out and play the games, right? Go out and play the games and see what happens. Thank you very much, Grant. Have a great show. But Jerry, take care. You you have a great rest of the day. Thanks very much. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I've got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Zbiotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, if you want to get in on the program, all you need to do is raise your hand and uh, we will be happy uh, to put you right on. I'm not ready to say the Kings are going to win 40 games, all right? I'm not going there. I'm, I'm not. I think that might be a little bit overly uh, optimistic, all right? A little op- optimistic, all right? Let's 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 settle down just a little bit. It's okay to be uh, excited and everything else, but I'm not ready to go 40 games. I will tell you that I think their schedule at the beginning of the season is a daunting one, and if they can get past 
the early part of their schedule without being too far behind, then, you know, if they get lucky with the injuries and everything else. But, I mean, let me just read off their first – and I don't I normally go in five-game increments, but for sake of conversation, I'm, I'm going to go ten games, all right? Portland at home, Clippers at home, at Golden State, Memphis at home, Miami at home, at Charlotte, at Miami, at Orlando, at Golden State are your first 10 games. So in the first 10 games, you have the Warriors on the road twice. You have Memphis and you have Miami twice. Those teams are all better than Sacramento. The Clippers are better than Sacramento. You should be able to win at Orlando. Should be able to win at Charlotte. And then see what if you can. You should be able to win at Portland. So if you could go four and six in those ten games, that'd be pretty good to me. Anything over four and six would be great. So here are your four wins that I'm just going to throw at you: Portland. Charlotte, Orlando, and then win one of the games against Miami. There you go. All right. Portland's a win. Beat Charlotte, beat Orlando, and win one of those other games. And that would get you to four and six. Doable. Doable. And then you have... Your next five games are Cleveland at the Lakers, Golden State at home, Brooklyn at home, San Antonio at home. Again, I think it's absurd, ridiculous that you're playing the Warriors three times in the first month of the season. Terrible scheduling. All right, let's get to Antonio. He's getting ready for the game tonight. Antonio, how are you, buddy? I'm getting hyped, man. I'm super ready for the game. Uh, my stakes are on the grill right now. Uh Everything's about to ready for kickoff. Hey, uh, real quick, NBA. Um, I was looking at was in Vegas, you know, a couple weeks ago. They got the they got the Clips at seven to one to win the win the Larry O'Brien Warriors at six to one. What? T- give me a, a quick breakdown on the Clips. I mean, what do you? Why are they so? I mean, besides the Kyrie, not Kyrie, excuse me, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, are they that good to you? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. I think you know, again, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, if 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 he can play in, you know, 70 games, then, you know, what is the, let me ask you this. When I look at this team, all right, when I look at their depth, I really like their depth. When I look at their starting five that has, all right, if you look at their, their guards, all right, Reggie Jackson. They got Reggie, right? Reggie Jackson. They got Reggie Jackson and Paul George. You got Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Morris at the Fords. Zubats at center. I think, you know, I'm hearing great things already about John Wall. He comes off the bench. Nicholas Batum comes off the bench. Robert Covington, excellent shooter, comes off the bench. You know, you got Luke Kennard. You've got, you know, they're they're not bad. They got some good depth. As long as Leonard and George uh, stay healthy, they should win 50 games. They won 42 last year without Kawhi Leonard. I had the over and under on them. I forgot what it was. Hey, I'm switching. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll be locking in on, on NBA. So, tonight, I think if somehow the Raiders can steal this game, um, if they don't, and no one covers them up here in the Bay no more. You guys actually are the only guys, and I haven't actually turned on 1140 since you left, to be honest with you, Grant. Um, but you guys, you would have you would have guys on there. Good for you. But no one covers them. Um, so, I get a lot of stuff out of, out of, out of uh, the Raiders page, whatever it's called. Um, but if they don't, this is going to be a train wreck. I mean, yeah. if, if Derek, God forbid, Derek has a bad game. 
and Joshua Downs going to be on a microscope. Man, I just I got to feel they're all, all oh boy. on deck. Everybody's locked and loaded. Uh, Max Crosby, I think, is he, he made the trip. So there's no excuses. I mean, um, the K- Casey's favored by seven. Classic matchup. Um, I know you got the I know you got the Chiefs. Um, you got well, you got the Raiders in the points. I forgot who you had, Grant. No, I picked the Raiders, and the, I, I think the Raiders are going to stay. I think the Raiders are going to be within the point spread. I don't. I don't think they're going to win the game. To be quite honest with you, but I'll tell you this: if you call me tomorrow and we're talking about a Raiders win, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. This is a divisional game. They normally play the Chiefs very tight. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Raiders win this game. I really wouldn't. I'd be. I. 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 I, I just wouldn't. I think this is going to be a fairly close game tonight. I really do. Yeah, I, I do expect it. Uh, one last thing. Did you see that San Diego LA uh, Charger call uh, in the where they are Awful. 40 yard line? I couldn't believe it. 46. You're on your own 46 with a minute 14 left, up by two, and you go for it on a fourth and basically two. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's bad coaching. Stupidity is what it is. They call him Boy Blunder, but I, I I won't say this. Someone else did. Hey, Grant, um, enjoy the game tonight, man. I'll drink a cold one for you tonight, man. You take care, buddy. Be good. Okay, you too. Bye. Great hearing from you. Antonio, that guy's a big Raiders fan. I give him credit. You know, he went on the road to the game at SoFi week one against the Chargers. He went to the game against the Broncos in Las Vegas. I like the fact that guy, you know, he's a big-time fan. I love talking to big-time fans. I love people that, you know, make a commitment and a sacrifice to go watch their teams play. doesn't mean you can't be a fan if you don't do that. I'm, I'm not saying that, but, I mean, I love that. I love that. I love people that, you know, go all out to go watch their teams play. I love that. That resonates with me because that's the way I always was. I mean, I had crazy stories. What happened, what I did was ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, I would literally get on a plane Saturday night, okay? And if the game were in September or October, I would get on the plane with nothing, right? My, My jeans, my shirt, my shoes. I'm good to go. I'd land in New York, depending on connection time, roughly around eight in the morning, flying to JFK if I couldn't get to Newark. You know, take the train into Manhattan, take the other train or, or the bus. Back then it was the bus, they didn't have the train service to MetLife like they do now. Get to the game. Meet my brother at the stadium. At the end of the game, my brother would drive me back to the airport, fly back to Sacramento, and that was my 24-hour trip. If I had Kings games, like, for instance, when the Rams lost, or excuse me, when the Giants lost to the Rams, that Flipper Anderson game where the uh, Rams won in overtime and a Flipper ran right off the field into the locker room. I was in L.A. doing the uh, game the night before against the Lakers, took the red eye to New York. After the game, went from Newark to San Francisco, San Francisco to Portland because we were playing the Blazers the next night. I used to do that stuff all the time. Flying coach, not flying any comfortable seats, flying coach, praying that, you know, I could get to the back of the plane and there was an open row where I could lie down and sleep for a while. Because those were back then, I was flying DC 10s a lot, four seats in the middle. I used to do that all the time. Crazy, ridiculous when I think back on it. But I love Antonio and all the effort he makes to go to his games. That's good stuff. All right, let's get to uh, Ryan. 
in Shocktown. What's up, Brian? Grant, what's going on, bud? Long time. No I know, speed. right? When was the last time we talked? Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Hey, a uh, hell of a story, but it makes me think, what is the craziest fan story that you have heard from somebody to get to a game or get to a very important game? Very simple. I got it for you. Uh, and I and I'm not to pat myself on the back, but Danny in England, who's a great Sacramento Kings fan, uh, reached out to me. Well, he called me on the show a couple times and we kind of built a kind of a friendship over the radio show because I couldn't believe he was calling my show and was listening from England. And I found out that he watched all the Kings games. So uh, his birthday, uh, he got permission from his wife to go to the Kings game in Toronto. And he reached out to me, and we met after my radio show uh, in downtown Toronto at 10 o'clock. I didn't get off the air until 10 o'clock because of the time difference. Right. And I met him I met him at a, the, the uh, sports bar right across the street from the Air Canada Center. And we had a couple beers, and we had a burger, and we were talking. And, you know, and again, it's amazing what I remember from that conversation, not to kind of sound like Waggus, but he's <laughs> a cop. He's in law enforcement uh, in back in England. And I asked him, you know, about if he's ever had to use his gun before. And I go, we don't carry guns. I go, what? Mm -hmm. He goes, yeah, the police, we don't carry guns. I go, what do you mean you don't carry guns? Yeah, we don't have guns in my town. The police force doesn't have guns. So anyway, I remember that conversation. But anyway, so uh, I told him I would see him at the game tomorrow. He had my phone number. I had his phone number. So anyway, I uh, surprised him. And I said, Danny... I go, listen, I want you to get to the game early and I'm going to leave you a press pass to come down. And, and I said, when you get to the game, come down to the court, and look for me. So two hours before the game, he comes down, he sees me and I start taking pictures with him uh, and all of the players on the team warming up. And Keith Smart was coaching uh, the team back then. I go, come with me. I want you to, I'm going to take you into the locker room. Awesome. And again, this is... Uh, so I go, hey, Keith, come here. I go, I want you to meet Danny. Danny flew here all the way from England to come to the game tonight. He goes, really? And Keith Smart is the salt of the earth. Keith Smart is the best cream de la creme of human beings. And Keith goes, I'll tell you what, Danny. If we win, I want you to come into the locker room and talk to the team after the game. And Danny goes, excuse me? He goes, if we win... I want you to come into the locker room after the game. I want the guys to realize that they're not just playing for themselves and their families, but there were fans all over the world that watched them play. So the Kings beat the Raptors that night, and I'm I'm on the air doing the post game, and I look at Danny, and he's sitting at the baseline. And I send him a text message. I go, Danny, go back towards the locker room and wait outside. Anyway, I get off the air, and I go back there, and Danny – is standing in the hallway and he's just grinning from ear to ear. And this was like 20 minutes after the game. And Danny goes, it was unbelievable. Keith brought me into the locker room. I talked to the guys and Keith came up to me and asked me if I wanted to go to Brooklyn on the team plane for the game tomorrow night. What? And yes, he said, and he goes, but I can't because I don't have the proper uh, passport, uh, visa, whatever he needed to get. He didn't have whatever he needed. He didn't have, and he had to get back for work. And he promised his wife that he would be back. But Keith invited him to fly on the team plane after the game to go to the to go to Brooklyn because he was so enamored 
and so blown away that this guy made the effort to fly all the way from England to come to the one game. But can you imagine? Now, you tell me if you can surpass that fan experience. A guy comes to the game, thinks he's only going to the game, okay, meets the Kings TV announcer. I get him a press pass, show him around. He's got pictures of all the players on the court. I take him back. He meets Keith Smart. And after the game, he's in the locker room talking to the team. Now, you tell me if you can beat that fan experience. Yeah, absolutely. In my dreams. <laughs> yeah, in your dreams. Yeah, that, How about that? That's nuts, Grant. Is Danny the same one that flew to Sacramento? And you had yes. him here? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I uh, uh, Again, he came in a second. I love doing that for fans. You know, there were a couple of fans that flew over from France that were part of the uh, uh, France fan base in Sacramento. And I did the same thing for them. I, they, they got blown away. I actually met them. They were staying at an Airbnb in downtown Sacramento. And I, they, 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 said, they said, hey, can we meet you before the game? I'm like, yeah, where are you guys at? They go, we're staying at this Airbnb. I went to their Airbnb, all right, and I got them all tickets. And I gave them their tickets. And we took pictures. And, they, and then they get to the game. And I had them on the floor. And I got them taking pictures with Vladi. I had them taking pictures with De'Aaron Fox. I had them taking pictures with, and they, they were so blown away. And it was all over uh, the French websites and the Kings fan page in France. And I love doing that for fans. I just did. I, these guys were so freaking blown away and so happy. And then I really felt bad for them because the next game they were going to was the game that was never played. It was the game against oh. New Orleans in the pandemic. But they got – at least they – can you imagine if that had been the game that they'd come over for? Oh, my God. No. I know. Yeah. I know. So, anyway, I love doing that for uh, for people. I got them into the lounge. They had a great time. I, we had a great time. I was so happy to meet them. But, anyway, I love, I love seeing fans like – I mean, because I know what it's like because I'm a fan. And I grew up, like, always dreaming about being on the court or on the field and never had a chance to do that, right? And so, yeah. like, I understand what that's like. And when I can do that for a fan from overseas, that just, it blows them away. I love watching fans get blown away from the uh, enjoyment and excitement of, of experiencing something they never thought they would ever experience. That is so cool. There's that fine line, though. I told you about Albie Akani. I was working out with him. And um, yes. I'm sure you probably have met Carlos. Um but uh, Carlos and I went to a game, and uh, they brought us down at halftime. And, you know, the guys were warming up for the second half. And uh, I'm like, Doug, Doug, Doug Christie. Not my favorite person, now. But um, I'm like, can I get a picture with you? And Al nearly, and you know Al, his calves were huge. That, that yep. dude had some power. Yep. <laughs> He just pulled me. I, I got the picture, but he pulled me away. But yeah, no, like those little experiences are everything, and it's really cool. Yep. Um, that you pay that for to fans, but yeah. Anyways. Well, I remember, you know, again, my, my, my roommate from college at the, the my last year, and who I lived with in the summer for two years, George McPhee, ended up playing for the New York Rangers, and yeah. George was playing in the minors and got called up for the uh, first series against Philadelphia. His first NHL game was in the playoffs against Philadelphia at the Spectrum. And the games were shown on WOR TV. And I was at Bowling Green at the time. And we didn't get WOR, but Cleveland did. So I drove two hours to a, a fraternity brother who had just graduated the year before and watched the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 
two days later, went back for game two uh, to watch game two against Philadelphia to go watch George play. And then I drove 10 hours to New wow. York to go to Georgia's first game ever at Madison Square Garden. And the Rangers won. And after the game, George took me into the Rangers locker room. And for me, that was like the most unbelievable experience growing up being a Rangers fan. And I couldn't believe I was in the Rangers locker room. And, you know, I told you later on, you know, when they got eliminated in the second round, I ended up tending bar for the whole New York Rangers team at the pub in Rye, New York. <laughs> Hitch, the bartender, was exhausted because he had been tending bar from Friday all the way through Saturday. And it was now Saturday evening and the whole team was still in the bar and he was going to shut down the bar. And we talked him out of it. I go, Hitch, I attended bar for four years in college. I'll take care of it. He goes, no, you're going to give away the bar. I go, Hitch, I'm not going <laughs> to give away the bar. Teach me how to work the register. I promise you I will not give away the bar. And I ended up tending bar all Saturday night at the pub in Rye, New York for the entire New York Rangers team. And Ron Greshner, number four, was the was was at the time with Carol Alt, a cover girl. Carol Alt was the supermodel. She's sitting there with Ron Greshner, Tom Laidlaw. They were both drinking Jack and Coke. All right. I remember what the hell I was serving these guys. This was in 1982. And I remember what I'm serving these guys. The entire team was there. It was absolutely unbelievable. And I uh, Hitch came in at like, I don't know, the wee hours of Sunday morning and goes, what the hell is going on here? You all have to get the hell out of my bar. We literally drank the bar dry. All of the beer <laughs> bins were empty. All of the liquor bar. I mean, you ever hear the term? You ever heard of, you know, literally drinking the bar dry. But I didn't give away the bar. You know, first of all, I'm serving millionaires and guys that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Right. I'm not giving away the bar. Uh, I had to stay coherent as I was tending bar, but I ended up tending bar the entire night for the New York Rangers. So, so was Grant Napier also drinking while he was tending bar? Yes, yes. Because if I didn't, if I wasn't drinking, I would have passed out. Because you know, I was. I only drink uh, when I'm drinking a lot. I only drink beer. Beer does not really phase me. But these guys were drinking like again. Tom Laidlaw and and Ron Greshner were the starting defensemen, and they were when I mean starting, they were always out to begin the game. They were drinking Jack and Coke for you know 48 hours. I don't know how you do that. I was drinking beer, and beer didn't really like knock me off my 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 kilter so yes of course if i had stopped drinking beer i would have passed out so yes absolutely i was yes so, i was so and i was not charging myself i was drinking <laughs> freebies that was my salary that night okay i was not charging myself for my coors lights that night this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are your arms still all sore? Right. There you have it. From those uh, four second pours, because I tended bar when I was in law school. So <laughs> I totally get it, but that's yeah. a lot of liquor. Yeah, we did. We literally drank the bar dry. Hitch had to close the bar down because, first of all, there was very little alcohol left in, and he goes, "You guys need to get the hell out of here right <laughs> now." I mean, we, they were we were in there for almost, almost not quite. We were probably there, I would say, a total of thirty six hours straight without leaving. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm not exaggerating. We we were there thirty six hours straight. Uh, without leaving. And then one of the guys on the Rangers, I can't mention his name because I don't want to do this to him, but he's a very, 
very well-known figure with the New York Rangers. Very well-known, like a household name, right? Yeah. And he was with us on Friday night, and then he disappeared. And he comes back on Sunday morning, and he's bleeding, and he still has his suit on, and his suit is ripped. And we're like, what the hell happened to you? And he goes, nothing happened to me. We're like, what do you mean nothing happened to you? Look at what happened to you. He goes, oh, no. He goes, I called my wife in the middle of the night and told her that a couple of the guys had kidnapped me and I, huh? I'm on my way home and I'm on my way home now and I got to make it seem to my wife that I was actually kidnapped. So I just had a couple of the boys take me out into the parking lot and rough me up and beat the shit out of me and rip my suit so when I go back home, my wife actually feels like I was kidnapped. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's an old time story right there. And I listen, yeah, I, would, I, I would not have believed that story if I did not see it with my own eyes. But I saw this individual bleeding from the mouth. His eye was a little bit bruised oh and his gosh. suit was his suit was completely ripped to shreds because he said, yeah, I'm going home now. And I got to make it seem to my wife that I was actually kidnapped. Holy crap. I guess Grant Napier throws a uh, mean right, huh? <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Is that an all-time story? That's an all-timer. There's no doubt about that. But, hey, I understand it. Yeah. I, I, I get yeah. it. That's hockey players. That is a different oh, breed, man. my friend. <laughs> yes, they are. They are a different breed. But uh, great, great, great people. No question. There's another yeah. player on that team. His name is Rejo Rutsalainen. And Rec his nickname is Rexy. And Rexy was from Finland, and Rexy didn't speak any English. And so, the, and they loved Rexy, and he was a mm -hmm. great, great player. But they used to give Rexy a hard time, and Rexy always was laughing and smiling, right? So they would walk up to him and they would say the most rude, crude things to Rexy, all right, in English, but he didn't understand <laughs> what they were saying. And he would sit there and smile and laugh. And they would go, hey, Rexy, you're an F and A-hole. What? You're an F and this. And, uh, and he'd be laughing and smiling, you know. And it was just hilarious. It was incredible. <laughs> I'm telling you, these hockey players were unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's that's so great. Hey, uh, <laughs> amazing stories, by the way. Um, hey, everybody listening, I have your picks. I have most of them. If you think I didn't get them, retweet them to Grant or I. Um, and I'm going to tally those up and put them out tomorrow. I've got the sheet in front of me right now. So thank you all so much for Great. participating. And anybody that I've forgotten in the past, Amy, Jeff, uh, my apologies, trying my best to keep up with it. So, uh, yeah, picks will be out tomorrow. Awesome. All right. Have a good one, man. And don't forget Wednesday. I'm counting on it. Jerry Reynolds joining us on YouTube Live Wednesday at three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he—I just taught him what a computer is, and you know, he was—he was, I know. He was I like, know. "We're going to do a test tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to do a test tomorrow. You—we're going to do a test to make sure he's good to go." All, all right. right, sounds good, friend. All right, see you, buddy. Later, Take man. Bye, bye. Yeah, those stories that I had uh, with George McPhee at the New York Rangers was unbelievable. Just can't make them up. Well, we went to that first night. We went to uh, the bar called the Sticks, that was owned by, I think it was Phil Esposito, Ron Duguay, and one other guy. And the bar was shaped like a hockey goal. Uh, it was called the Sticks in Manhattan, and it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. I'll never forget that first series against Philadelphia on an off night, or it might even I think no, it was actually after the game. After the game. The number one spot in New York City was Studio 54. Like, Studio 54 was the spot. 
And it was after they beat the Flyers and another friend of George's was in New York with me, Peter Wilson, who was part also played with George uh, at Bowling Green on the hockey team. And I'll never forget this. We go to Studio 54 and there's a line around the block. I mean, forever. And George goes, there's no line here. And George walks up, the bouncer, and George had only played like a couple of games with the Rangers, but George made an immediate impact. They put him on a line with the captain, Ron Duguay, and another player, and George scored. George started fights. Like, George was a tough guy. And the fans, he became a fan favorite overnight at Madison Square Garden, like a fan favorite. He went from being an unknown to like everybody knew who George McPhee was, seriously. And we walked up to Studio 54 and the bouncer, George. And I mean, literally, we were in Studio 54 in 30 seconds. And I still, to this day, it's the only time in my life I've ever been to Studio 54. But it was the number one spot in all of New York. It was one of the hottest spots in all of the United States. But I'll never forget walking into Studio 54 with that line going on forever. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And George, here's something else I remember. George ended up moving into an apartment on 66th and Columbus, directly across the street from Lincoln Center. Lincoln Center, huge performing arts, whatever. Lincoln Center is extremely popular. So in Columbus Avenue and 66th, prime, prime location to be in New York City. And George, I'll never forget this. George goes, Napes, watch this when we walk into the apartment. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, just watch this. We walk into his apartment, all the lights are off, and he turns the light on, and there were hundreds of roaches in the kitchen that when you turn the light on, would head for darkness. It was the most, I'm like, George, are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? He goes, Napes, what am I going to do? I go, how about getting some roach traps? He goes, Napes, I've tried. doesn't work. I go, how about some raid? He goes, Napes, watch this. He goes, just watch this. I'm going to turn the lights off again. No, 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 no. Don't turn the lights off. No. And he turned the lights off and boom. Then turn it back on and you'd see all these roaches run for cover. I'm like, George, that's not right, man. That's not right. And, you know, roaches don't really bother me. Like they really don't. But when you see hundreds of them, I'm like, good freaking Lord. Is that disgusting? Unbelievable. So that's. It's amazing the things you remember. Those are the things I remember. All right. That's going to do it for today. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We had a little bit of everything, right? I hope you enjoy my storytelling. I've got so many stories of all my years. Uh, and again, you always talk about fan experience. I've had some amazing fan experiences, like over-the-top fan experiences, things that I've done that I never thought in a million years that I would be able to get to do. And probably being around George when he played with the Rangers and being able to experience seeing one of my best friends play for my hometown team and become so popular. And then we lived together the next two summers at Bowling Green before I really got my career off the ground. And we would train together. I got in great shape. It was the best shape I've ever been in my life was the summer I lived with George. And we'd get up early in the morning and go to the football stadium and the weight room and the track and did it 
religiously every morning. George had me on the most strict diet. And I was I was in the best shape I'd ever been in in my entire life back then. That was a lot of fun. Those were great, great, great memories. Great memories indeed. All right. Uh, tomorrow, we'll do it again, 4 o'clock Pacific. And then Wednesday, 3 o'clock Pacific, YouTube Live, Jerry Reynolds. We'll be with you each and every day right here on Listen App at 4. Friday, Sean Salisbury. I'm going to mix in a couple of other guests along the way as well. So we're going to get it really rolling. All right. Have yourself a fabulous, fabulous evening. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Listen App. So long, everybody. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.